Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, we're going to look at verse uh, 25 uh, and on. And uh, so I had, a, I had a bit of a video for you this morning uh, to uh, let you experience what I kind of experienced at Christmas uh, as part of my message today, but the video didn't render properly and it's all choppy and all that good stuff. But uh, anybody ever seen the Saturday Night Live uh, commercial that they do for uh, uh, Amazon Echo? And seniors, anybody, anybody seen that, right? Where it's like, you know, like, you know, Odessa, you know, like, you know, get the name wrong, that kind of, okay, so I, if you haven't seen it, you got to look it up, it is very funny, okay, and I experienced that this Christmas, you know, this Christmas, my little sister who lives out in Edmonton, and it's a good thing she lived as far away as as she did, uh, because I could have killed her on Christmas Day, she, she decided, she did the equivalent of giving your kids drums, you know what I mean, like, and so she gets my mom and dad this uh, Amazon uh, Alexa. And, uh, and so as soon as I'm sitting down, we finish dinner, my mom comes around and she goes, Craig, Craig. She goes, uh, Danielle sent this to us for Christmas and I want you to set it up. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. This is Christmas Day, man. I've already set up a bunch of other stuff for the kids and all this kind of stuff. And I don't want to do any more. And, and I'm like, I, I, like, just, ah. So anyways, and part of the problem is I know that my mom uh, God love her. I love her, but she does not write down passwords, or and my dad doesn't either. How many? How many have a spouse or someone in your home that never writes down their password and it changes like ten times a week? All right? Yeah. See, really, man. Oh my goodness, man. I like. I gotta write it down. It's the first thing that I do after I create a new password. So I'm looking over at my family because, especially with Abby, Abby's like, Dad, can you set me up on this again? You know that kind of a thing, right? So, so anyways, for an hour and a half. I wrestled through this whole setup process because I had to find her email. Then I had to find out what her password was. And then I had to set it up and all this kind of stuff. Meanwhile, I'm texting my sister saying, you're lucky you live this far away. You would literally be dead right now. I'm so angry at you right now. Like, She's like, what? What's the big deal? I'm like, Danielle, two things. One, you know that they don't write down passwords. You know that this is going to be a difficult task on Christmas Day. And on top of that, this is just a new way of doing things that they're not going to buy into. Right? Like if you have an Alexa or a Google Home Mini or a Google Home, you know some of the benefits of it, right? Like beyond the, you know, the dad jokes and, uh, and finding out what the weather, like you can set it up so I can set it up to find out, you know, if I'm trying to get to, I don't know, Lime Ridge Mall and uh, it's a certain time of day, I can say, uh, hey Google, how long will it take to get from my house uh, to Lime Ridge? And it will tell me with the traffic conditions how long it will literally take me to get from my house to, you know, to Lime Ridge. It's kind of creepy and, and cool at the same time, right? And, and so, you know, so there's some benefits. My brother-in-law has his setup so that he can turn on and off his lights through his uh, Alexa. He can just say, uh, Alexa, turn the lights on. Boom. Turn the lights off, you know, and I'm sure he's such a techie. He probably got all set up in, like, zones and, and all the good stuff. So there's this new way of doing things that's really a great benefit, and, and if you really use it the way it's supposed to be used, it's awesome. But I know my mom and dad. 
Like, they barely navigate through, you know, their iPad and Facebook. You know what I mean? I love them. My, my, my dad's tech ability really lands at watching television and everything that they set up in his vehicle for him when he buys it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, Dad, what's your, what's your you know, because I found out Alexa can, you know, connect to your Sirius uh, radio. And I'm like, Dad, what's your email and your your password for Sirius? I don't know, man. They set that up at the dealership, and I just drive it off the lot. You know, what a life. Uh, they just set it up for me, and I drive it off the lot. What is that, right? And so I spent an hour and a half getting through this. But here's the funny part. I told my sister, I said, they're not going to use this. They're not going to, they're not, and they still, they have it in, with them in Florida. They're still not using it because they don't know how to use it, right? But here's the funny part. The funny part is, is that my mom, like most moms, will rifle through every name before till they get to the one that they're actually talking to. How many have a mom like that, right? Right? You got so many kids and they rifle through all of the names until they get to the one that they're talking to, right? Well, I knew that this was going to be a problem. As soon as I saw the box, I was like, this is going to be a problem. I can see what's going to happen. And if you saw the Saturday Night Live video, you'd totally get it. Because the, the seniors in the video give every other name. And so the way that this version of it, the Saturday Night Live version, is it'll take any name and it'll still work, right? But my mom's standing there. And I'm like, Mom, okay, this is how you use it. You say, Alexa, tell me the time. And so, you know, and of course Alexa says, it is 5 p.m. Okay, so, okay, that's great. Mom, you try. Okay. Alexis! No, mom, it's, it's, but it's not working. I'm like, because the name's not Alexis, it's Alexa. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Alex! No, it's not Alex. It's Alexa. I'm like, this is driving me nuts. And I spent like 10 minutes, and I finally said, you know what? I think you're set up. That's it. I'm gone. I'm like, it doesn't matter now. I am done, right? You know, I, I, I don't know about you, but I think all of us have a moment where we experience something new. Uh, whether it's something that's a new way of thinking or a new way of doing life, it can be a bit of a challenge for anybody. And some of us, it's a little bit easier to pick up on. And for some of us, it takes a little while longer. And part of it is because sometimes it's not so much how we wrap our minds around it, but, but we wrestle with, you know, it's just different than the way I've always done life. And so when we encounter those moments, we have situations where we start to feel a little overwhelmed or we might even be a little hesitant, you know, because it's a new way of thinking and a new way of doing life. Well, that's exactly how the disciples felt. When they were journeying with Jesus for three years, every little while, every once in a while, Jesus would introduce something in the way of a teaching, a thought, a way of doing life that was so different and so foreign to them. It is way outside their comfort zone, way outside of their box of thinking, and way outside the rest, the rest of the way the world thinks and the way the world does life. The way that they've been doing life all up until this moment. And can I just stop there for a second? That's exactly the same when it comes to the journey of faith. There are times where we forget that often in our walk with God, even if we've been serving God for a lot of years, we, we think that we've got this faith thing down Pat, how many of you have ever felt that way? Well, I got this faith thing down pat. And then all of a sudden you read something in the Bible or sometimes you'll, you'll hear a message from a pastor or, you know, a podcast or you're reading a, a book or, you know, you're doing your devotions. And all of a sudden there's this thought from the Spirit of God that just, just throws you into this what kind of moment. Never thought about it that way. Never saw it that way. Part of that is intentional by God because sometimes there's revelation that God wants to pour into your life that will only come after other revelation has been established inside your life. 
Because in order to get this revelation, you need this foundational thing put inside your life. And so that's why I always say, no matter how old you are, how long you've been serving Jesus, there is always, it's true, his, new, his mercies are new every day. There's something about God, a new facet about God, a new understanding of God, a new revelation of God. The reason why is because God is building on things. You know, it's the reason why you don't teach calculus in kindergarten. There's a reason for that, right? I still wonder what the reason for calculus is in general. But anyways, like, there's a reason for those things. You build on that. And so Jesus, up to this moment, is, is taking some time, and he's, he's actually building the disciples. That, and what he's about to challenge them with in the way of thinking is totally foreign, and it's stretching, but it's going to be so critical to what they're about to do. I mean, these guys are about to, they don't even know it yet, that they're going to venture into the unknown. They're going to go into communities that have never heard about Jesus, the gospel, even, even the God of, of Israel. They, this is, they're going into foreign lands. And they're about to find out that there are times where, where not times actually, Jesus said, listen, and when you go, I don't want you to take anything with you. And so there's this moment in Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus sits down on a mountainside and he begins to share. Now, you'd be familiar with this, most of us anyways, that this is where he starts to talk about the Beatitudes. And then he starts to rifle through some different thoughts. And then he gets to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, or actually before that, and he starts to creep into the personal. I want you to know that God wants to creep into the personal today. That what I'm about to share with you is something that God wasn't just teaching the disciples. He's trying to teach us today as his disciples. That his very thought echoes, it has echoed for generations. And will continue until he returns. And it is something that is absolute, absolutely critical and vital to our ability to establish the kingdom of God. And he begins this journey... By talking about, hey, listen, guys, I want to talk about treasures that are being stored in heaven versus treasures that are being stored here on earth. Now, remember, they're being told to go do ministry without having anything. They're being told eventually that, hey, listen, just live by faith and I'm going to take care of you. And so he begins to make this this, this challenge them, saying, listen, I want you to think big picture. That's what he's really saying. He's like, guys, listen, big picture is, is that as you invest in life, when you invest in things that have eternal um, impact, you know, an eternal, you know, uh, uh, gain, those things are the things that I want you to store up because those things don't fade. Those things don't fall apart. They don't erode. But the things here on earth that are important, and we'll get to this in a second, they're important. But he said, at the end of the day, those things will always fade away. You know, for example, I often think to myself, you know, at this age and putting some money towards my pension, maybe you've had this thought. I always think, will I have enough? Anybody ever feel that way? You know, will I have enough? Will I have enough to, you know, uh, live comfortably and, you know, and, and, you know, take Cora out to McDonald's on occasion, you know, that kind of a thing, living it up big, you know, like that kind of, like I, I wonder, you know. And, and, and it's easy for us to worry about the day-to-day. And this is where I think Jesus starts to speak to them and he begins to introduce a new way of thinking because he's going to stretch them to stop being concerned about so much about today in the way of their own kingdom, but he's about to establish that if you pursue my kingdom, I will take care of yours. 
And I want you to invest in things that are not going to erode and fade, but actually have a bigger and more significant impact than you could ever with your time, your resource, your gift, and who you are. This is about seeking first the kingdom. So look at verse 25 with me because he picks it up because he, I, think, I think either Jesus it felt like there was a little bit of concern. Maybe it was a concerned look on the disciples. Uh, maybe it was Judas alone. Maybe Judas was freaking out because he was the money guy and, you know, he might be getting a little overwhelmed at this point. And, and, and so Jesus either was seeing it or Jesus knew this is what's going to happen once I start talking about stuff. Isn't it fun when God knows that he's going to speak to us and, and we're going to freak out a little bit, you know, and he's not freaking out and he's not backing off either, right? Like he doesn't back down. And so he says this, he goes, therefore, because of what I just shared with you, the bigger picture, to think bigger, to think and realize, and he says that there's more to this life. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or, or what you will wear. Is not life more? I want you, more than, I want you to highlight that right now. Put a pin on that. We're going to come back to that in a second. But is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow. They don't reap. They don't store away in barns. They do nothing. They do nothing except wake up really early and wake you up really early. Or make your car really messy at the most inconvenient times. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Actually, you know, I want to add here. Can you highlight that as well? That you and I are more valuable than they. Can any one of you, uh, by worrying, add, sorry, uh, add an, a single hour to your life? The answer, it's rhetorical. He's like, no, you're not. But it goes on to say this. So, and why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. They don't do anything. They don't have to work for it. Why? Because I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and gone tomorrow, thrown in the fire, it is like instant. It just, it doesn't matter. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So we got the disciples here, and like I said, either Jesus is predicting what they're going to feel, or he knows this is what they're feeling right now. Wait, wait, hold on a second, Jesus. Like, like you understand, like, dude, we have to eat. And, like, we need clothes because it's kind of awkward to do ministry without clothes. And just throwing it out there. And you know what? I mean, Jesus, we're not going to do this forever. I mean, there's going to come a time, man, where, you know, we're going to want that villa on the Sea of Galilee and just, you know, and, and, and put our feet up and look at the water and, and enjoy our golden years and just kind of relax and chill out. You know, like, like, Jesus, we have to prepare for those things. Like that, that's, our, that's, that's human nature. It is human nature, and even more so in a North American culture that pushes consumerism and also pushes, like, plan ahead, plan ahead, plan ahead, plan ahead, right? I mean, you know, you're being asked when you're 12 years old, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Man, I've just, I just turned 12, you know? 
I'm just, I'm switching from, you know, Lego to computer games. Like, like, like you got, you're asking me what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. That's our society. That's what we live in. And so it is natural for us. We are conditioned this way. And part of it is also we're just, we just worry about our lives. And now Jesus is looking at them saying, I don't want you to worry about that. I don't want you to worry about that. Look at your neighbor right now and tell him, stop worrying. Now look at your neighbor and tell him he's got your back. Oh, I haven't heard you yet, man. He's got your back. He's got your back. And he challenged him. And he goes, listen, you of little faith. Listen, can I just be honest with you? And this is hard to say, and it's hard to hear. But the moment that we begin to worry about things that are sometimes outside of our control and knowing that God promises to take care of us, this is the reason why God says you have little faith. And the faith that God is wanting to instill in you and I is so strong that it overcomes the worry that you naturally feel in life. That, that's a goal that God has for you and I. Now, that's progressive. Like, it's, it's got to take a progression. It takes time to establish that. And sometimes that comes through, you know, teaching. Sometimes that goes through something that is more challenging where you have to rely on God because it's way outside your comfort zone. That's why, you know, a lot of times, and, you know, Paul talks about this where he's like, hey, consider it all joy when you're suffering because you're growing. You don't know it. doesn't feel like it in the moment, but you're growing. And I'm growing. I'm doing something inside of you. Through this situation, this challenge, this difficulty. But at the end of the day, he's like, guys, I don't want you to lack the kind of faith. And so he reiterates everything again in verse 31, and he says this. So, do not worry. I want you to highlight that. Saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, people who don't know me that don't believe in me, that don't have a relationship with me, this is what they run after. And your heavenly Father knows that you need all of them. But, in the word but here, I said this on Thursday, or maybe I said this last week too, I would love to do a whole sermon series on the big butts of the Bible, because... Sorry, I got two former youth leaders and friends, Ivan and Krista Kurz, that are here. And we've done youth ministry for a lot of years, and they just know my humor. So I had to throw that one in. But Because seriously, every time there is a, the term but in the Bible, you know that Jesus is about to drop the mic. He is about to unload something that is life-changing. And listen to me. What he's about to say is stretching... And it's a new way of thinking, and it can be a new way of doing life. But if we use it right, if my parents could figure out how to use Alexa, it will, you know, it'll add to their lives. If we can understand this passage of Scripture, I am 1,000%, if that's possible, that everything that we worry about, God's going to take care of, because he says it. He said, listen, instead of worrying, and instead of running after what the pagans run after, he said, I want you to seek first his kingdom. That means that it would be the chief, the principal, 
the absolute priority of your personal life and through your life and your activity and action, through the resources, through the time, through anything, gifting that God has given you, that you would think kingdom first. But he goes on to say that you would seek first his kingdom and live righteously or righteousness, live in righteousness. And all of these things that we've just been talking about, all of these concerns, I know that you need them. He's not, he's not suggesting you don't need it. He's not suggesting that you don't need a retirement plan. He's not suggesting that you don't need, you know, to put away some money to, to fix your car and, you know, or to, you know, to get a home that facilitates, you know, your family and everything. He's not suggesting those things. He's not saying, hey, listen, sell everything. And, 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 you know, he did say that to the rich young ruler, but that was because for the rich young ruler, money was his God. And he's like, you can't serve me unless you're willing to let go of your God to receive me. Like, I got to be priority inside your life. That's how this works. And so he's like, I'm not saying you don't need it. What I'm saying to you is stop being preoccupied. Stop being distracted. You know, the word here uh, for, for worry literally means uh, someone who is anxious or someone who is perpetually uneasy. And it also means distracted. I mean, that is what worry is, right? We get distracted by things. Like, it's like, oh, man, I, I, I know I'm supposed to be doing this, but I, I don't know about that, and I'm a little concerned about this, and I'm a little concerned about that, and, and, it, and it's easy. We get easily distracted. I was, I was thinking about this word, and I, I think about Mika, uh, the mornings that, that uh, I'm, I'm coming back from the gym, and, and Cora's already in the kitchen getting stuff ready, like lunch is ready for Abby and all this kind of stuff. And I know that when I walk in the door, Mika's usually let out of her crate, and, and she just beelines it for the kitchen because she knows Cora is in the kitchen and the chances of some food dropping on the floor, just, you know, it's good, you know. And, and, and she's also going to get her breakfast, and, you know, she's ready to mow down. My dog is ready to mow down all the time. Like, I'm like, you have no end to your gut, you know, kind of a thing, right? And my kid, and Sydney's looking at me going, it's so true, right? But... But when I walk in the morning, when I come in in the mornings, she's also wrestling with, wait a minute, the coolest guy on the planet just walked in the room. Do you get that? I get that all the time. Right? And this is what Mika does. It's like, I don't know what to do. Uh, and she wiggles. I'm not going to wiggle for you. That's just awkward in the morning like this, you know. And, uh, and, and she's just wiggling, and, and she's excited, and, and, she, and she'll take, like, a few steps, and, and then she'll back up again, and she's looking over into the, you know, to the kitchen and thinking, okay, but if I leave, listen to this, if I leave, something might drop on the floor, and I'll miss it because she'll pick it up quickly. But, but the cooler guy just walked in, and I just want to go lick his face. I haven't seen him all night. And so she does this back and forth thing, and she doesn't know what to do. And there's this this hesitation because she's distracted in this moment because there's one thing to hear God say, hey, listen, seek first the kingdom and know in your heart, yes, that's God, that's what you're asking me to do. In my personal life, that, that my relationship with you would be priority over all? That, that my, my pursuit of life should be thinking about heaven's agenda more than my own? That I should see life through my career, through my family, through my time, through my resource, through the lens of heaven. Where God is calling me to evaluate and say to myself, what is it that God you could be calling me to today? 
What is it today that you might be asking of me in the way of my resource that you're wanting to use to invest not in my future, but the future of the kingdom? Somebody. That person, that student, that kid, that family. God, you're calling me to participate as a leader or a volunteer in something or you know, and we don't realize sometimes that, that in our minds we're like, man, yeah, I'm there. But, but when the rubber hits the road, when the opportunity is actually there, that's the moment where we find out whether we really believe that God will take care of us because we won't seek first the kingdom of God when we are preoccupied or distracted with the concerns of life more than we are about the concerns of the kingdom. Man, that's... That's an easy, that's a hard thing. We, I feel like meek all the time. I'm like, man, but God, I got I to gotta take care of this. And God goes, listen to me. Listen to what I say. I know that you need them. And all these worries, I got your back. So instead of pursuing the building of your kingdom, would you focus on building mine? And while you're building mine, I'll take care of yours. Now, that's stretching, man. That's stretching. And what he's asking you and I to invest in today is so much bigger. And it's just like you are building treasures in heaven because what you're investing in has eternal value that goes way beyond you. You and I play such a small part when we give, when we, you know, whether it's our time or resource or gift or opportunity or we invest in our family. And, and we might think to ourselves, it's just a small investment. You know, as, I, as you know, again, Ivan and Krista are here today and so glad that they're with us. And, and you know, it reminds me of our season. We were at Maple View when we were together and, and just thinking about the students there. Uh, they're, they're, they have a youth pastor that was one of our students at their church in Bradford. He was one of our students, and and I, man, what a powerful story, but then I won't get into it today of where he came from and, and what God did in his family and to see him in, you know, in ministry and, and whatever. And I think to myself, I played a part in that. And every Friday night that Ivan and Krista showed up, or every all-nighter, back when we used to do all-nighters, you know, and Ivan and Chris know what I'm talking about, man. We stayed up more than the kids stayed up, man. Like, we actually tortured kids that they fell asleep. We just like, if we got to do this, you guys are staying up, man. And so we tortured kids. But that, that moment, can I, can I just tell you, one of the things that drove me when I started in youth ministry is I was adamant that the students of my youth ministry would never occupy time and space inside of a church. that they were going to be active participants in the kingdom. And I can honestly, as I've been sitting back and looking at, you know, other students and, and thinking about this today, I think about, you know, another student that we have that is one of the key worship leaders, you know, at Mapleview today and where he started. And now he's got his own school. He's actually teaching music lessons. Actually, I think at least one, two of them are taking lessons from Darius today. And I'm thinking, man, I know what he was like as a student, and I know some of the challenges. But I also know that the time that was spent was investing in somebody that maybe I won't see the fruit, but at some point, somewhere along the line, somebody else is going to be influenced by them. That's why it never fades, because your investment in the kingdom keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, because God keeps blessing it. He keeps pouring onto it. He keeps anointing it, all of those kinds of things. 
things. I had another phone call with another pastor, uh, youth pastor, who was a part of our ministry in Chatham. Same thing. When I called around and asked about, you know, guys that are out there doing ministry and all this kind of stuff, and, and, and I, I, you know, I talked to guys like Mark Caldwell and, and Eldon Wright, who's at the Bible College, and, and we were talking about certain guys out there when I was, you know, as I'm doing my search for a, a new youth pastor and finding that fit and all that good stuff. And, and you know, this particular youth pastor I was talking to uh, from the Chatham days, like he said to me, he goes, PC, man, it's such an honor to talk to you. Like, I, I'm, I'm speaking to you because, man, like you... Like you invested in my life, and as a result of investing in my life, I'm in ministry today. And I wasn't the only one. And I said to him, I said, dude, here's the thing. I got to tell you, what's awesome is that I'm hearing from other guys that I respect more than anybody on a youth ministry level who are saying great things about you. And that means you responded to the investment that we made. And so can I just say this? When we ask you to be a part of things here today in our churches, you know, in our church story, in our ministries and, and all the things and helping hands and whatever, you realize that that's, that is kingdom right there because it, you may not see what God, what's happening, but one day when you walk into eternity, you're going to see for yourself what investments you made and the results of those investments. But the thing is, Jesus said, you've got to stop being distracted. And here's the other thing. He said, this is what the pagans run after. And they didn't run after it just because of it, it was sustaining them. When you look at this, it actually says that they were chasing after these things because they saw that as the goal of life. And they saw it as the source that supplied everything that they ever wanted. And the term run after is, uh, is an interesting term because it, it, it does, it refers to chasing something down, but it actually refers to something that is dominating your mind. In the minds of those that weren't serving Jesus, they just thought the pursuit of these things was the most important thing in life. Me. And Jesus said, no. What I want is for my kingdom to be the thing that dominates you. Personally. Spending that time with Jesus. Investing in your marriage. Loving on people that are sitting at tables or rows near you. Encouraging them, sharing, getting to know them, being a family. That's kingdom. Serving in different areas, whether it's worship or coffee or, you know, pancakes or, you know, sound and media, you know, welcome, you know, uh, collecting the offering and putting it away. And, and you know, all of these, there's the, listen, we're not doing these things just because we're doing it because, A, serving is a, it's absolutely a non-negotiable with Jesus. That's how he's built us and that's what he calls us to but it actually develops your faith and it provides an opportunity for you to grow and for me to grow. You know, when I look at the vision forward, I celebrate that, man, so many people in this church over the last few years have sacrificially given above and beyond their normal tithes and offerings so that over three years we could pay off our debts 
And at the end of this month, it will be completely paid for. But we're not doing that just to get us out of debt. You understand that we're doing this to position ourselves for the next season that God's calling us to so that we can make sure that we're effectively accommodating the ministries that God's laying on our heart to impact Waterdown, Flamborough, and all the areas. God is building towards something. And so, yes, there will come another. Don't worry, it's not today. You can, put your, you can take your hands off your wallets. You can, you know, stop grasping your purse, all that kind of stuff. I don't have things for you to sign today. But, yes, at some point... As much as I love this lovely building, it doesn't facilitate the dreams and the aspirations that we have as a leadership for the kingdom of God. And so, yeah, at some point we're going to look at that. In fact, we've got coals in the fire right now. Little ones. But while we've been doing that, just... On this note, and Kat, you can come, because if I don't get you to come now, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I knew that was going to come from you, man. <laughs> it's like clockwork, right? Do you know, even on that note, you know, talk about sacrifice. It would be easy for us as a leadership to say, hey, listen, you know, any extra from, you know, what we potentially see, you know, because when you're doing, you know, budgets, you know, I... I had a lead pastor once told me that budgets are fictitious. And he used to laugh at them because I'm like, come on, man, it's not fictitious. You got to have something that gives you guidelines. And now I've been in this long enough, he is so right. They're so fictitious. Because you really can't guarantee. You have an idea of what people will give in the way of, you know, based on past performance and also faith and believing. But you really don't know what's going to come in. And so it would be easy to say, well, you know, any extra that comes on, we're just, just going to bank it, you know, for the future. I mean, that's a no-brainer, right? And when we knew that there were some changes in our mission budget, because the Langs came home and they're back here in Canada now and they're switching gears and, you know, we had a couple other changes, you know, we, the Kellys are doing great, by the way, and, but they're not going to need a vehicle. They've got their vehicle. And so there was, there was some money that got freed up. And, and, you know, in my mind, I'm like, wow, we can use that somewhere else. And then yet at the same time, I'm like, no, 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 we can't do this. We got to keep pressing forward while we're waiting. And so as a staff, we were talking about what, and, and then I brought it to the leadership and we talked about it as well. What can we do that would spark vision inside of you and I, something that we can go after this year while we're waiting for what God has in store for us. I mean, there's no point in saying, hey, listen, let's just keep giving to where, I mean, you can if you want to, uh, you know, I'm not going to stop you, but but there's no point, the vision's not clear enough yet. And, and, and it's just common sense that when the vision is clear, people will begin to get behind that. And until then, what are we going to do? Then I saw the, the response to the New Church Network offering in $6,300. And I was like, you know what? Because we abandoned this idea around as a staff. And I said, you know what? I think that's, that's what we're going to do. And I sat down with Victoria and I said, Victoria, instead of taking some of that money and putting it in different other things, we're going to keep the missions budget the same. But here's what we're going to do. Until God gives us clarity about where he's going to plant us next, we're going to invest in church plants. And so, you know, and we'll share more as we get along because this is kind of like 
near December and things got crazy. And then, you know, Scott bailed on us. Who's, you know, by the way, you could pray for me starting today, but you bailed on us, Scott, if you hear the podcast. But anyways, you know, just kidding. I love him. He knows that. And I, I, I was looking forward to seeing just his response today as he starts that meeting with me. But what God put on my heart was, we're going to do that. And so we're going to be looking, we are currently looking for a, a church plant that's happening here in Ontario. And we're going to invest in that church plant for the next two or three years. And I wanted to do one internationally. And that's kind of uncommon. You don't really hear about guys planting churches in, you know, in the missions world. Usually missions is working with, you know, different organizations and, you know, helps and benevolence and all this kind of stuff, kids ministry, but planting churches. So I said, Victoria, I know this is outside the box, but I'd like to support a church plant that's happening overseas, internationally, one here and one overseas. She goes, well, that's interesting because there's a couple that's been doing ministry over the last eight years in Ecuador, I actually went to school with Scott. And uh, him and Melissa got married just after Bible college. And she said, Scott, who's been doing this incredible ministry in Ecuador, has felt God calling him to Spain. Now, I know that's not, I know that's rough, right? Spain, really? But he felt like God calling them to leave the great ministry that they're doing in Ecuador to go to Spain because Spain right now, a lot of the churches are closing their doors. And God, they just feel like God calling them to go plant a church in Spain. And so they've already connected with an, uh, like a denomination there. They're still going to work under the umbrella of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada and they're going to plant a church and we're coming alongside them in Jesus' name. Because until God plants us in our next season, we're going to keep seeking first his kingdom. And guess what? I'm trusting, I'm asking you to trust with me that as we seek his kingdom in this moment, his kingdom through our ministries, through our sacrifice, through our giving, through our time, through our serving, all of these different things, I'm just believing that God is going to take care of home because he said, do not worry. Don't be, don't be discouraged, don't be distracted, and don't let the pursuit of other things be what dominates your mind. I want you to be consumed with my kingdom. I want you to be consumed with taking care of that first. And while you're doing that, when you allow that to dominate your mind, I'm going to take care of yours. I promise you. And it goes down to this. Do you and I, do we trust in the sufficiency of God? Because you can't seek first the kingdom if you don't trust God enough to really provide for everything that you and I need, especially when he said it himself. He said, I know that you need it. And there'll be times where God will lead you to do things that will work towards that. He's not saying don't do those things. He's not saying don't plan for your future. He's not saying don't plan a retirement thing and, you know, a villa on the Sea of Galilee if that's your thing or whatever it is. He's not saying don't do it. He's saying don't pursue those things in the way of dominance in comparison to my kingdom. I'm calling you to invest in something that is bigger than you. But it has an impact 
that is so significant in a season, in a lifetime. When I think about even a future building, I'm not even thinking about us. I'm thinking about the generations that are going to come in here after we leave until the Lord returns that is going to be blessed by the ministry that happens here at Community Church. I'm thinking about the leaders of tomorrow. I'm thinking, man, everything that I do, I'm thinking ahead. I'm like, God, what can we do to position your church to do effectively what you want us to do in the kingdom of God? And you can only do that if you seek first the kingdom. And so if there's a theme for 2019, that's it. That's it. That's it. That we would seek first the kingdom in this house. That you would seek first the kingdom in your marriage. Seek first the kingdom in your students, in your children. Seek first the kingdom of God in serving and what we're doing here in Waterdown and Flamborough. And don't see it in the, in the way of I'm just serving. See it as being a part of the kingdom movement that is meant to establish the kingdom. That it would be the influence of God that is in our, our community. It would be the power of God that is seen and experienced in our community. You can't do and see greater things in 2019 unless you and I are willing to trust God enough to put his kingdom first. Man, that's, that's what God's been resonating in my heart for two months. And I'm like anybody else. I get scared when I start thinking about that stuff. But do I trust God enough that when he calls, I'm going to go, here it is. Or when I wake up in the morning, God, what is it you want me to do for your kingdom today? Through my career, through my conversations, through my own personal walk with you, what are you calling me to? Would you all stand with me right now? And would you just say, hey, Jesus, I'm just going to, I'm just going to ask you. Am I doubting you? Am I wrestling through this? And so, God, I'm just going to ask you right now just to begin to calm my heart. And would you just take 30 seconds and just make a commitment to Jesus? If you, if you Again, this is, the disciples had to respond. They had to respond, and we got to do the same thing. Would you join me in making, not just this year, but this new way of thinking and a new way of doing life that can be so foreign. I'm choosing. I'm choosing to seek first the kingdom. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.communitychurch.ca.